Our modern mobile developer experience has been around since our Madrid release in early 2019. It's now 2023 and the Utah release. And we continue to make the developer and admin experience better, which ultimately results in a better user experience and adoption. Our guest today spotlights some of the new features in our latest release. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow Developer Podcast. Here's your host, Chuck Tomasi. Hello, ServiceNow admins, builders, developers, and of course, all the curious individuals that I always say with the utmost love and respect. Welcome to or welcome back to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow Developer Podcast, where we bring you the latest tools, tips, and tradecraft to accelerate your career. First, joining me from across the virtual Breakpoint desk is my new co-host, Lauren McManaman. How are you today, Lauren? I am just dandy, Chuck. Thank you so much for having me back. I guess I didn't scare you off after the first episode. (laughs) Fool me once, shame on me. No. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, in this episode, we have the great pleasure of talking to ServiceNow Director of Product Management, Inbal Litvin. How are you today, Inbal? I'm thrilled to be joining you today. This is actually my first experience in a podcast, so I'm really excited about it, and I hope it will be okay. <laughs> You're off oh, to a great start. How's that? Thank you. Your mouth is moving. Sound is coming out. Words make sense. That's all we need. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, and thank you for having me today. <laughs> Awesome. Well, welcome to Breakpoint. I'm even more excited that we get to be our first podcast. That's super exciting for us. Uh, But before we begin, I always like to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself first. So I live in Israel uh, with my husband and my three kids. I started working in ServiceNow five years ago. I actually joined uh, a month, a few months actually, after the Sky Giraffe acquisition in Israel. And I have been working on mobile since then. So I was here in the first release of Madrid and Utah is my ninth release. So I love my job and I love seeing the amazing experiences that our customers build on top of our platform. Well, congratulations on your ninth release. That is a crazy accomplishment to have here. And it's definitely shows as we'll kind of be going into in the uh, the rest of the episode. But before we move on, we always like to toss in a, a fun question in there as well. So for today, let's say uh, if you could go back to any place in time in history, what would it be and why? That is a tough question. So uh, I actually really love the sea. And I love snorkeling. And, you know, human activities lately have made devastating impact on our oceans. So I think I would love to go back in time and witness the high variety and diversity of marine life uh, before all the human activities significantly impacted the oceans. Do you want to go back to like the Precambrian explosion when there were nasty, dangerous things in the sea? Or do you want to just like go back about a hundred years? Not so far. Yeah, I think a hundred or 150 okay. uh, would be sufficient for me. <laughs> I couldn't resist. You set it up. Well, you're among good company because both Lauren and I are scuba divers as well. Yeah. <laughs> so we appreciate the underwater sea life. Yeah, I can't wait for my kids to be old enough uh, to scuba dive with them as well. And when you're not at work, I assume most of your uh, free time is around family. What else do you enjoy doing? 
So as you said, I love spending time with my family and especially I love traveling with them around the world. So in my free time, I usually plan my next vacations. So COVID did ruin a little bit about my fun activities. Uh, but currently I'm planning a trip to South Africa and I'm Ooh. really excited uh, going there. Uh, give, name some other places you've been. So uh, Vietnam, China, uh, Cayman Islands, wow. Kenya, Zanzibar, and you know my, my kids have been traveling for a, from a very small age, and these are only the exotic places. Uh, I visited many more. I was going to say you're, you're you're kind of adjacent to Europe, so I imagine you've done some European travel as well. Of course, yes. Okay. You just you just listed off the exotic ones that are on everybody's bucket list. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> the, the list is really long. If I will start, you know, <laughs> specifying all the places. We're going to make a travel podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> well, now looking forward into mobile, I, I, a little bit of background on me. I used to be on the ServiceNow uh, solution consulting team. And so we were really, really heavily promoting mobile back when it came out in Madrid. So kind of let's talk about how this story all began and where mobile really began back when you joined. So back when you were on version one versus version nine. So let's go back in time. I think it was 2019 uh, when ServiceNow uh, acquired uh, Sky Giraffe, who specialized in low-code and no-code enterprise mobile development. And this acquisition actually paved the way for the ServiceNow customers to create their own native first experiences on the Now platform that are compatible with both iOS and Android operating systems. And in the first uh, release in Madrid, we actually targeted two uh, main use cases. We started with agent persona uh, for ITSM and field services uh, use cases. And fast forwarding uh, nine releases, we have about 35 out of the box experiences that we provide on top of ServiceNow use cases. Uh, we also support a high variety of um, native capabilities, such as camera, GPS, barcode scanning, push notifications, and many more, and a large variety of features of online, offline, uh, indoor navigations, and you know many other capabilities. So I guess what you're saying is if there's one takeaway from today's episode is that if you haven't looked at mobile since maybe Madrid, maybe take a peek at it again. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I know that one of the big features, the, the big changes that came along when we introduced the native mobile capabilities in Madrid. Prior to that, it was web-based. Well, with mobile, you can get access to all of those native mobile features. Like you said, camera, geolocation, et cetera. That wasn't, or it wasn't easily done with the browser-based technology that we had before. Uh, so just, it, it, you can really capitalize on that mobile experience. I forgot who used to say it. Um, Josh, I'm forgetting Josh's name. Minbal, you probably remember it, but he used to say that you, you get these micro moments. The idea of a mobile experience is not to replicate the desktop. That was that was why you know Windows, what was it, CE on the mobile devices about 20 years ago failed miserably. They were trying to make you know, a start menu and it looked like a mini desktop, but it just wasn't the mobile experience people were looking for. You have to use those micro moments when you think about when you order a, a rideshare vehicle, you bring up the app, you say where you're going, you 
pick what kind of vehicle, and somebody shows up two minutes later. Like the, you're not in there selecting with a color, you know what, what you know what's uh, there's there's not a whole bunch of options. You're not concerned with the billing because your credit card's already attached. It's that's what a mobile experience should be like. And as you're architecting these solutions in ServiceNow, think about how to get somebody the information quickly, get them in, get them out, not linger around. This isn't a website where you want them to stay. It, it seems counterintuitive in that respect, but you want to get them in and out and get their task done quickly. You're totally correct. Uh, I used I used to work in marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the downside is you need to think about it before creating the mobile experience uh, and invest in thinking, what are these exactly uh, micro moments uh, that you want to create, and it does require from you to do additional configuration in addition to what you have configured in web in order to get this micro moments right. Yeah, design, design, design. Invest eighty percent in design, and maybe even ninety percent in design, and and the rest in implementation. It'll go faster. It will be easier to maintain. Just so many benefits of of putting that design investment up front. Have those discussions. Have mock-ups. Get people to walk through what would happen if you went here or there. Okay, enough of the history. Let's. We're here to talk about Utah features. You have a long. You have a laundry list of stuff, lady. Okay, so let's start talking about mobile theming. And mm-hmm. uh, this feature has significantly enhanced the user experience and the admin productivity. Until Utah, mobile theming supported a limited set of configurable components and a predefined set of theme labels that the admin can go and configure. The mobile and web configurations were actually separate, and it required configuring configuring themes in multiple locations. This made the process a bit long and complicated. So what have we been doing in Utah? Uh, we have unified the theming definition of mobile and web. And now you need, you need to update your theming definition once, and it will apply to all the frameworks. Applause all around. Yay, unified theming. And also, this kind of goes along with the overall, pardon my pun, but theme for Utah, which is enhancing your brand recognition throughout the platform. We also have the entire branding designer now for the next experience. So now uniting this with mobile, which kind of started the trend, if I remember, y'all were ahead of the curve with the mobile, you know, even with, I think the N release, maybe it was Orlando, but you allowed people to add custom logos and stuff to the mobile app. So that was really what broke this out as like the theming champion for all of ServiceNow. Yes. So we allowed you to configure a primary, a secondary, uh, and a theme color, uh, but everything was really pre-configured. You couldn't control any specific element for its color, and you had a set of predefined colors. So now um, with, with the new uh, theming release, you can actually theme any element inside your mobile device. Nice. Okay, even the background color, even um, the dividers, anything is now configurable. And anything can actually be configured with a label of theme. So for example, let's talk about icons that used to have only hard-coded colors. They can be themable as well. And all of the themes uh, can actually be controlled through a user-friendly tool, which is the theme builder. 
which is a unified tool for configuring both mobile and web configurations. Now, what about the admins? What, what have you got for the people that are configuring this stuff or using this stuff? So for admins, one of the features uh, that I'm really excited about is seamless instance switching. So as an admin, as you're developing a feature, you actually uh, need to move between multiple instances, between your production, mm -hmm. sub-production, and development instance. And in the past, you needed to log out and log in every time, which was time-consuming and actually pretty annoying process. Also, during your switching of instances, you were not getting any notifications as notifications are being sent only to logged in instances. We have improved that and you can now switch between any instance that you're currently logged into. Nice. But truly, this is not a feature specifically for admins, right? This is for developers, for partners, for MSPs, or even for companies that have implemented a distributed architecture. So if you have your IT and HR um, use cases on separated instances, you can now switch between them uh, easily. This is huge. I remember very specifically having to steal a bunch of other people's phones for demos specifically because of this beforehand. Like the, like you said, the notifications wouldn't come through. So I would gather up a bunch of people's cell phones before a demo because they were all on different instances. So if anything, this helps people actually maintain ownership of their own devices if, if, if someone's in the demo. They just built this for you, Lauren, for doing demos. That's all. I appreciate it. I love feeling like I'm a herd member of the ServiceNow community. And I think another uh, cool thing about this feature is it's a client-only release. Mm. So when it is being released in March, which is actually any day now, uh, this uh, capability will be available to all our customers, regardless to that ServiceNow instance they're on. So you don't need to wait to Utah oh, to get it. Okay. Everyone can start using it once this new client release. Hopefully, out. nobody's still on Madrid. Luckily, no. Our customers are actually moving. <laughs> Good. So, moving away from the admin persona, what about the other original persona, which was that of the agent? How has the agent's life changed from Madrid until Utah? Major changes have been done uh, for our agents. And I want to talk about a few enhancements to their productivities. And the first topic maybe we can talk about is streamlining the offline experience. So offline was released a few uh, releases ago, but in this release, we actually uh, introduced seamless transition between online and offline mode. So all the online changes that are made by the user are available in offline in case the internet connection is lost. The users are now automatically switched to offline when they're losing their connection and they can continue their work even if they're in the middle of a specific action. And when connection is back on, they will get this pop-up asking them if they want to return and sync all their outbox back. And another advantage is that all your offline cache is not being deleted after you sync back online and it remains and you can go offline back again. 
That's lovely. Especially since our most, if I, if, if this is still true, it may not be, but I remember when looking up these statistics in the past, the most, uh, common persona utilizing mobile were people in, you know, giant warehouses, places, AKA with a lot of concrete that could block out signals. So that would, I think, affect most of the agents and utilizing these mobile apps, correct? So yes, field agents uh, is one of our uh, top use cases. And this is uh, a use case that is very relevant. You mentioned field agents. Let's talk about the uh, location tracking, because I think you made some enhancements there, right? Yes, uh, that is correct. Location tracking allows uh, agents uh, to better uh, get work assignments and collaborate with their fellow agents. And prior to Utah, agent had to turn on location tracking or leave it always on. And as a result, a lot of time agents actually forgot to turn it on or were annoyed by the fact that they're always tracked. Um, so now... In, in Utah, we are releasing a capability that we're calling action-based location mm. tracking. So admins can configure the location tracking state, which will be based on the user action. So for example, if I'm an agent and I'm doing an action, which is go on shift or start travel, it could be associated with starting the location tracking and stopping it automatically after a certain time period that the admin has configured. And another advantage is that location tracking is now working also in the background for the iOS. So that's also a cool advantage. Very nice. So it's reducing that big brother feel to any location tracking things that we need for our jobs. Totally. So Inbolt, we've got a lot of things on usability. Uh, I, I think we're going to turn this into a lightning round or we'll be here all afternoon. <laughs> so what, what sorts of usability enhancements have you made in Utah? Okay, so one of the most frequently utilized uh, sections is actually our record section, which enables user to view a list mm -hmm. of records in a horizontal or vertical layout directly on their launcher screen. And a common use case is to display a list of open tasks. Normally, in order to perform an action such as adding a task uh, to this list, you would need to open the list and perform the new task action from there. Mm -hmm. However, from Utah, you can have global actions directly on your record section. So without the need to first open the first list, you can create a new record or create a button to approve all the items you just see in your list or do a navigation to another screen. So this really creates a whole new set of opportunities and use cases that you can do in your record section. Nice. What else? Another one is uh, deep links. Uh, and deep links offer us a convenient way to navigate to different right, screens right. within uh, the mobile app. They could be used from an email or a notification or from the app itself. And in Utah, we have expanded uh, the supported screens uh, to include uh, deep linking to a launcher screen or to an input form screen. So one of the interesting use cases could be, let's say that you have a distributed architecture with multiple ServiceNow instances. Mm -hmm. um, so you can now use deep linking to navigate, for example, from an IHR instance into an IT instance it directly into your launcher screen. And since we have the new capability of multi-instance switch, uh, you can stay logged in into both, continue getting your notifications and switch back easily. Well, that sounds like a much better experience for everybody. No kidding. Yes. 
How about anything around the, the file uploading experience? Anything new there? Yes. So in last release, we added uh, the capability to upload uh, multiple photos mm -hmm. in the activity stream. And in Utah, we are providing this new capability in the input form screen as well. In addition to supporting multiple photo upload, you can now uh, select also multiple files to be uploaded at once. So again, this is a huge uh, productivity uh, feature uh, for agents and actually for everyone. And I understand we're encouraging people to do away with some of the older practices. One of those is the input form screen versus the old parameter screens. Can you talk a little bit more about that and why? Of course. So in our earlier releases, the mobile platform allowed building native actions using UI parameters, as you said. And in Quebec, we introduced a new uh, type of screen. We called it input form screen uh, to enhance uh, our user input. And we had a feature gap uh, for many releases that we have finally uh, closed. Um, and we now support in the input form screen um, barcode inputs, including uh, multi-scan of barcodes, which is great for asset management use case, and also added signature input, uh, which support half modal and full screen, uh, full screen signing options. The input form screen allows you to create a screen that is based on a few pages. Uh, you can group uh, your inputs, you can add images, you can add descriptions, and a lot of advantages we didn't have in the UI parameters. So with the closure of the feature uh, parity, I don't see any reason not to move to this new screen. And I recommend highly everyone uh, to start using it. There you go, straight from the authority. But there's, a, there's another <laughs> one though that we're, we're asking people to move away from UI styles and move towards mobile cards and UI rules. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. So the mobile cards were introduced, I think, back in, in Quebec and are used almost in, in any screen, right? You can use them in list. You can use them in record section, reference list, record mm -hmm. screens, and many more. And in, in the mobile cards, we introduced ability to have card actions on the card. We introduced uh, text resize. All of our theming capabilities are supported there. So in Nita, we expanded the functionality of our UI rules mm -hmm. uh, to include support for custom time ago formatting for cards. And this will allow users to add their own prefix and suffix text uh, to date fields when they're building cards. So for instance, prior to a deadline, users can present a message such as you have five days to complete this task. And in case the deadline has passed, user can configure the custom text to read the task deadline was five days ago. And we have two more um, new capabilities uh, for UI rules uh, that we have added. One is you no longer need to have the field as part of the um, mobile card in order to create a UI rule. So let's say I want to have for a specific card a style that is based on the parent status that is not part of the card that I'm currently presenting. Right. So is something that now is possible. Okay, nice. In the same? Yes, in the last one, which is a bit more advanced, so this is more for our pro users, would be uh, to create a condition uh, for UI rules, which will be based on JavaScript. Very nice. Ooh. 
A lot of people's ears just perked up. <laughs> yes. So again, if you are still using item views and didn't move to mobile cards, this is the time to do it. We closed all our gaps and we recommend uh, moving uh, to mobile cards. In the similar vein to talking about UI, uh, shifting kind of over to UX, have there been any significant accessibility improvements in the Utah release? So accessibility is a big focus area, I think, for the company and also for us uh, in this release. And our focus was on non-vision users relying on screen reader and low vision users who require dynamic text size and color contrasts. So just an example would be we improved our message banner readout and dynamic text and improved color contrast across the app. That's phenomenal. Well, we've been speaking a lot about how these applications are utilized, right? And all the things that people can utilize from the creation of these apps. But what about the builders, right? How have the how has the experience for the developers working on these applications changed? So first of all, all the theming capabilities uh, that we discussed are supported on all our builders. So mobile app builder, mobile card builder, and mobile publishing uh, support the latest uh, theming uh, updates. Could you give us a brief definition of the difference between mobile app builder, card builder, and then the publisher as well? Just for anyone that might be new joining the, the mobile fray. <laughs> Of course. So Mobile App Builder is our configuration tool to build uh, workflows within ServiceNow mobile apps. Uh, it was released uh, a year and a half ago. And from Utah, we finally have a feature parity uh, for Mobile App Builder with all the platform capabilities uh, that we are reducing every release. So this actually eliminates the need to go to multiple tools. We had Studio in the past. Uh, we, ha we have uh, the platform UI uh, where we also uh, can complete our configurations, but Mobile App Builder is now your single tool to create your mobile experience. Hooray! <laughs> Another uh, cool thing about Mobile App Builder is it is now version agnostic. So only relevant configurations will be enabled based on the developer's instance version. Interesting. And I touched uh, Mobile Studio, but what I want to update is we are deprecating Mobile Studio as we have reached uh, Mobile App Builder feature parity. So for new customers from Utah release, um, Mobile Studio is deprecated and will not be available. And all of our documentation will be updated uh, to reflect that. Is there a time frame for existing customers to sunset that? Yes, I think that is in our next release. Okay, so shouldn't be using or needing Mobile Studio. I know developers are creatures of habit. I am one of them. We'll continue to do things the same way we did them yesterday until we're either shown a better way or forced to do it. So hopefully everybody recognizes the better way is Mobile App Builder at this point. So what is Mobile Card Builder? <laughs> I think the name pretty much says it, but go ahead. Yes, you are right. This is our visual tool to build mobile cards. So really self-explanatory. Um, in Utah, what we improved is our open screen previews. 
um, and updated uh, the home screen layout to simplify uh, the way that cards and templates are being selected. And also we updated our UI rule configurations. So you no longer need to go and manually enter condition strings. Everything is a nice, easy, intuitive um, UI, including the uh, time ago for modder and text decorations. Just a quick refresher again for the new people. The cards are what you see in a horizontal or a vertical format for listing out the records. It's like an index card. It's like here's the number, here's a short description. It's it's analogous to the list on a desktop, only in a nicer format for mobile. Yes, thank you. How about mobile publishing? Let's let's hit that one. So mobile publishing is our tool to release a fully uh, branded app and for for um, customers to have the ability to release their own app on the App Store with their own icon, their own description, and control when they want to release it. The main thing that is new in mobile publishing is our theming uh, capabilities. Um, Awesome. Well, that truly was a really comprehensive list. I mean, I would expect that to be the summary for a couple of releases, maybe not just one. Did we miss anything? I think we I think we pretty much got through everything, correct? I think we have a few more, but I guess this is enough for one podcast. <laughs> we'll have you come back for another episode. How's that? Because <laughs> Vancouver's right around the corner. Right? Yeah, scary. our team is working really hard. <laughs> Well, it definitely shows. So for people, obviously the the only the only problem with a podcast is they're not getting to see all this cool stuff that you've just described. Is there what are let me try it again? Uh the only downside to this being a podcast is that there isn't really a good visual representation to all the cool things that you just described. Where do you suggest people go to maybe get their hands dirty with this or learn more about these products? So we have an amazing uh, YouTube channel. Um, that is called Mobile App Academy. Um, it includes, I think, already more than 62 uh, videos. Nice. And, and the team is working hard to producing more. So I highly recommend going there and seeing all the new features that we are releasing. I think there's also, the, obviously, the, the doc site. We have our documentation. Uh, and, of course, there's enablement and training material on now learning. So nowlearning.servicenow.com is a good place to go. All right. I get the favorite question this time. Inbal, what's on the roadmap for mobile? Oh, that is exciting. So we are continuing uh, our investment in theming, and we're planning to release a mobile uh, dark theme. Mm. Um, so I know a lot of people are, are looking forward uh, to that. Mm-hmm. and are excited. Now you can do approvals at night in bed without blinding your partner. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's a real thing. I don't know. <laughs> Another one is we are enabling uh, building hybrid experiences through UI Builder. So imagine you have your own uh, web screen that you have built and you would like to trigger some native capabilities from there, maybe open a list screen, maybe open uh, a record directly once you run a UI builder page on your mobile device. So this is something that we're starting to look at 
uh, and enabling uh, a playbooks uh, flow. Oh, okay. Uh, you've got my interest. I'll be curious to see how that's implemented. And we created the calendar screen. I think it was back in Madrid, one of the first screens I was actually uh, working on. And since then, we didn't do any significant update. So I'm, I'm really excited about the new calendar. We are enhancing the user experience and we're also providing a much better performance. So I recommend checking it out once it's ready. You got my attention. Coming soon to an app near you. <laughs> and I get the, the other favorite question, which is, which of these features from the Utah release is your favorite feature? Wow, this is a difficult one. Uh, we have a very long list of features. Um, I think the feature that I use the most on a daily basis is multi-instance switch. Yeah. I think <laughs> my life <laughs> much easier uh, and saved me uh, some time. And, and I think another thing I'm really thrilled about is the fact that we have achieved feature parity for many of our capabilities, right? It was input form screen, it, it was mobile cards, it was our mobile app builder. So really closing feature parity in most of our capabilities and allowing everyone to move to the new and revised capabilities and creating um, consistent apps with them. Yeah, this this release definitely feels like a foundational release again for mobile. Like you said, it kind of closes the chapter on the, the V1 parts and brings a whole new next experience, right? To to mobile builder and all the facets of the mobile apps. I see what you did there. <laughs> Annabelle, thank you so much for joining us today. Before we let you go, can you let the listener know how to get in touch with you? So um, you can reach me out at LinkedIn. I think I'm the only Annabelle Litvin. Or you can send me an email, inbell.litvin at servicenow.com. And I will have those links and email address in the show notes, wherever you look, if you'll find them. Oh, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you, wonderful listener, for sticking with us through this. I know there was a lot to cover. Even if you're not doing mobile today, I invite you to take a look. There's lots of information out there. It can really change the experience of your end users to have that mobile experience available. Also, while you're checking things out, don't forget to check out the other ServiceNow podcasts. There's a whole bunch of them. You can find them all over at servicenow.com slash community under the events menu, or you can go to devlink.sn slash podcasts. There's a whole list of them. Subscribe to this one or any of them or all of them, and they get automatically delivered to you for free wherever you find popular podcasts. Breakpoint is brought to you by ServiceNow. Executive producers are Lauren and myself. Video and captions by Earl Duque. And to find out more about the ServiceNow developer program, we invite you to head over to developer.servicenow.com. Again, thank you so much for sharing with us today, Inbal. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time, and I look forward to see what great mobile apps people will build. Yes. Heck yeah. Please let us know what you think about this podcast. You can leave feedback or ask questions in the ServiceNow community. For more great information on ServiceNow development, check out the ServiceNow developer portal at developer.servicenow.com. Thanks for listening. Our mobile 
No. I'm off to a bad start. I didn't even get the second word right. We've got the pleasure of talking to ServiceNow Director of Product Management, Inbal Litvin. You know what, Lauren? I just realized we should change this now that there's two of us. The standard opening is not working for me anymore. First, joining me across... Crazy, crazy, crazy. Clumsier than tripping over your feet and landing on your nose. A limited set of configured... I need a deep breath. I need to relax. So uh, the input form screen allows you to create an input form screen. An, 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 an. Oh, oh, hey, we're out of questions. Ooh, that felt stiff.